Hello and welcome and good afternoon. It's This Is Going Well, I Think, with David Cooper. I'm your host, David Cooper. It's This Is Going Well, I Think, the show where no one's listening and no one cares. The show where every episode's the last episode. So let's jump right into it. Coming up after that amazing theme music is a conversation between our foreign correspondent, Tony Five in England, and me about therapy our therapists, why we go to therapy, what we get out of therapy. It's going to be therapy, 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 but I'm not calling this segment Therapy Thursdays on a Thursday. So let's jump right into it. Sunday I went to I went to see a counsellor when I first got sick which was around when I was 30 so 15 years ago I reconnected with my counsellor my therapist Mm. and we went for lunch yesterday Sunday and it was amazing because obviously it's 15 years and when I'd first seen him I was in a really bad way and obviously I've come on on and we were talking and he kind of like opened up to me and he was telling me about all his addictions and his sort of issues and it was fascinating this guy not i put it up on a pedestal because he was my counselor when he was your counselor did he share about his life no 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 but but in this conversation we had he told me that he was um he had a problem with drink he had a problem um not with sex he had an addiction to getting falling in love Mm. not sex but falling in love so i get married a few times and he was very specific to say not sex but falling in love and he was a gambler and he kind of opened up about this and he's 69 going on 70 and we we had this really open conversation and i i I was telling him you know how i felt when i first met him and how seeing him um a lot of his sort of um anecdotes and his mannerisms brought back those feelings of when i was there you know and how sick i was right Mm -hmm. and then seeing him now it was just it was amazing to see the person just the vulnerable man rather than a counselor you know yeah, it's, uh, I, I mean, this is like a little triggering for me because I miss my old therapist from San Francisco mm-hmm. so much. I'm like too scared to even reach out if I go there because I'm like worried she won't want to have coffee or whatever. You oh, know? okay. Yeah. Uh, Did you have that sort of relation that you could have a coffee with her? I don't know. I mean, I've never, I've only known her doctor patient, right? But well, uh, did you, in physical terms or was it on Zoom? Uh, it was physical until the pandemic okay. hit and then it was Zoom. And then I moved to New York and I, she couldn't practice. Even though it was over Zoom, she couldn't practice. Uh, she yeah. Couldn't, yeah. You told me that funny law that they can only practice in their borough or their state or state, something, right? Yeah. They have to be state but, registered. Uh, what made you want to reach out or did they reach out to you? Um, I reached out to him because I was scrolling through my phone, deleting numbers of people that I, and I saw his name and I thought, you know what, let me just text him. And we got talking and, you know, lots of stuff has happened since we, we'd obviously worked together. And I said, and he asked me actually, he said, do you, do you fancy meeting up for lunch? And I was like, actually, yeah. And we met in this stunning pub, a 900 year old pub in, in, you know, deepest, darkest countryside, probably the last black person was there was probably on a steak. Um, <laughs> and I don't mean a bit of meat. 
and it was just it was amazing it was like a it was full of little holes and um i think they call them priest holes where the catholics used to hide and so on it was absolutely fantastic place um we had a lovely meal and and we spoke three four hours and um he told me some of his epiphanies and how he had sort of got by and how he'd struggled and stuff and it was weird having the dynamic switch if that makes sense um, and I was telling him about what I was doing. I mentioned this, which is a big part of my life, talking to you and spending time with you and, and chatting away and stuff. Um, and he kind of, yeah, it was, it was, it was really interesting to be fair. But as you say, you know, like if you did, um, meet your ex or your therapist, your old therapist, could you separate? Because obviously she wouldn't be able to counsel you as such. Do you think you could just have a meal with her and a coffee with her? And I don't know, man. That relate. I, that relationship was like a lot for me. I mean, maybe it's good we kind of. I stopped. Mm -hmm. I, I was like relying on her too much and yes. putting. Yeah, I sort of was framing her in, in maybe too much of like a parental way, wanting to mm -hmm. wanting her approval and this and that. Um, but it's funny you mention you talked about this. Uh, you and mm -hmm. me being on the radio. You and me doing this. Um, mm -hmm. When I stopped seeing her, I had just quit my job to try mm. to, like, give radio a go. And so she never knew about me, like, having a job and now losing yeah. the job. And yes. um, it, it's uh, it's like stuff that I like. I still kind of it's tough for me to talk about or, or work out exactly or be articulate about uh, that. I want to kind of like share with why do I want to share that so much with her? Um, I don't know. Is and, it approval, do you think? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Wow. The approval I didn't get from my parents. But it's easy to say that stuff, uh, harder to, like, actually internalize it or, or whatever. You but know? do you not think that's a massive journey? Because, like, I've obviously been with you, and like, not, not when you quit. Uh, well, no, I was with you when yeah, you quit your it was, job. And, it was January and, 2021. Yeah, so obviously quitting your job, moving to New York and whatever, and then doing this amazing show that you were doing and being part of something, you know, syndicated, and then obviously going back to this and... And, and doing that journey. But yes, yeah, massive, massive circle for you. Um, and I guess it's just, like you say, part of the journey. But do you, does your new therapist, can you talk to them about it? Yeah, yeah, I guess I, I can. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I've been struggling with my new therapist, but I think, I think mm -hmm. what that really means is I'm struggling with me. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. what, yeah, the, yeah, all yeah. the problems I'm having with him are like problems that I'm having with myself. <laughs> Cause like, right. he's just okay. a doctor who wants to help me. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. that's it. Uh, and it's like, if I'm worried about telling him things or, uh, having conflict with him, it's really just me playing it out in my own head. So I, it's hard to tell whether I'm kind of projecting conflict onto him that I'm having internally or that I'm actually having conflict with him. Uh, I'm inclined to think it's the first one, but who knows, right? How did you see therapy? Did you see therapy as, um, confirmation for what you felt like having somebody reaffirm the the questions you had or we or did you go in with a very open mind and try and let it lead you because some people like they go to therapy and and they kind of just see where it goes some people go in with a goal like, like they want validation or they like Correct, i behave yeah. this way and i want someone a doctor to tell me it's okay or i want a counselor it's okay to or tell it's me. not okay or not okay sometimes they just wanted to say no it's, it's not okay okay you, you can't so or like I, let's say i'm a drug addict which i i guess i am i'm sober but hypothetically i have some mm -hmm, severe mm -hmm. problem I'm not going to change it, but I'm going to a counselor to tell me it's not okay. Like, like these are the reasons people go, is what you're saying? I, I, well, again, it's really funny. Only again, since I met you, I'm able to talk about therapy so openly because I guess I'm thinking now, as we speak now, 
there's nobody else, friends that I've had for decades that I would talk so openly about seeing a therapist with. And I don't, I don't know why. I don't know whether it's a British thing. I don't know whether it's just something that me and you have spoken about or I'm I don't know if I could have a friend where I couldn't talk openly about therapy with because I think that friend would friend would break up with friend dump me very quickly because I, really? I talk about these things all the time. Yeah. Oh, man. No, I, it's, it's just so... Um, it's so difficult here to, to, for people to talk about, even though all of the things with the charities and the things in soccer and um, people like Robin Williams, where it was so open and things like that about mental health and, and struggles, it's still here so taboo. And I, it's really strange that it's so taboo. I, I give you an example. There is a guy on TV at the moment. Um, his name's Philip Schofield, and he's like a huge celebrity. This guy's from my childhood, um, and he used to present like after-school TV. So this is like when I was nine or ten. He's graduated to doing like prime time Saturday night TV shows, that sort of thing, right? So I don't know what the equivalent would be in Canada or in um, America, but anyway, everybody knows him. Everybody loves him. Now he has been well. He came out as gay, even though he'd been married with two children. And now there's a story that in his uh, capacity as a major broadcaster on a major TV station, he had met a kid when the kid was 15 and he was in his 40s. Nothing happened. And it is categorized. Nothing happened. Like Celine Dion and Renee, her manager. Yeah. Yeah. But when the kid turned 18, he then helped him into the industry. And then they started a relationship sexually. Okay. At 18. At 18, 19, when it was legal. Legal, but, okay? but inappropriate. L- correct. And that's actually how he described it. Perfectly legal, but unwise, he said. Now, this guy has been on the paper for the last five days. There is wars happening in the world. I, and when I say it is a public trial of this guy, it is horrific. And he must be suffering. Now, the only thing I could say in the next step would be is that he would get so bad that because his career is finished. Okay. And... If he was to kill himself, I would not be surprised in the slightest. And it would be the public's fault. They would have driven him to that. And I just well, find it, it so it might be the sad. media's fault for... The media, for the, yeah. but, media, but the public buy... Yeah, know, the public buy, buy the, the media. But then the, is it like whose responsibility is it Correct. to not put out the sensational stories and not engage with them? Is it the public's Correct. responsibility to not engage with the sensational stories that the media is putting out? Or is it the media's responsibility not to put out that story to kind of yeah. bait the public into outrage? And you're right. Bait is the right word, right? And it's that. It's the whole um, Prince Harry was meant to be in the UK today to to go into the high court against a major media mogul. I think it's um, Rupert Max, not Rupert Maxwell. Rupert what's Murdoch. Name? Rupert Murdoch's um, papers, you know, who who were hacking into his account, caused it. You know, he was meant to turn up. And this guy's obviously, he's, he's openly said he's had mental health struggles in the past. He's dealt with it with drugs, with drink, with poor relationships. And people forget that he's a person. They, they see him as a prince of the realm, which he is. They see him as very privileged, which he is. But he's still a person, you know, and I, I guess... That level of compassion for me, it, it upsets me slightly that we've come to that, you know, but I guess, you know, it, okay. it is what it is, really. So reining this in, you said there's a couple of reasons people go to therapy. One is to just mm-hmm. get told like either yes or no to a question. The other, the other is to more be exploratory. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think for me it was, I knew something was wrong. Mm-hmm. And the first two major times I engaged with therapy that I, that I decided to go, I knew something was wrong. 
I didn't know what or how to articulate it or how to understand mm-hmm. it. And I was curious about it and I wanted to change, I wanted to change that. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. more exploratory. Now it's just to kind of maintain mental health, I think. That's my main goal in therapy. Maintain, and, and then when I start to slip, then switch back into the something's wrong, I want help. Um, that, so that, that's mainly where, so it's, I, don't know if it, I don't know if it quite fits into the way you've set up that dichotomy, but that, that's the reason I go. And that combined with medication keeps you on a level. That's exactly and, right. and relationship work, you know, that whole balance, you know, pulling you each way. Right, right now, work is way out of balance, but my hope is with this show yes. that, yeah. Um, but yeah, it'll give you the answer the question. Yeah, uh, fascinating. It is it, it, again? I I'd never really talked to anybody about their mental health, so you know, I I might have talked if about. If you my tried, health, are you worried that one of your friends would just get uncomfortable, judge you? Like, wh- what's you <sighs> say? You've only talked about these things, and you're much more open about these things because of me, uh, or because of working with me and having the conversations yes, with me with you. Yeah. But what would happen if you had a conversation like this with a close friend? I don't know. I think maybe you not shocked me, but the first time you told me you had addictions and you'd been to see a therapist i sort of i don't know when it was and whether whether we recorded it or not but it took sort of took my breath away because you were so open about it wow. and then um it took me a while and then i kind of said the same thing and it's, and then especially you were with me when i went through a bad patch and stuck through me as well so um that's slightly different i don't think i've gone through that journey with anybody any of my friends None of my friends. So maybe that's the reason. Well, I don't know. I, w- I would challenge you to try. But part of the reason I'm so open, it's like, I think it comes from a place of deep insecurity, less so mm-hmm. than a place of great confidence in myself. It's this, it's sort of like the comedians of idea of, like when a, when a really overweight comedian gets on stage, the first thing they mm. start is cracking jokes about their weight. Or, uh, I don't know, someone with a disability, someone who's a minority. Uh, Look at Dave Chappelle, the first joke he makes about being an ethnic minority. It's like, here are things that people can be prejudiced or attack me for, and I'm going to put it out there before you can, and I'm going to own... I'm going to beat you to it. I'm going to own the narrative, and I'm going to get to say that narrative on my terms. So while I may be very open about, like, my mental health struggles, my therapy, all this kind of stuff, uh, if you... If I feel like I lose control of the narrative or I'm being made fun of, all of a sudden it's just as bad as if I wasn't open about it. Right. And you found okay, it. That makes sense. Um, so, yeah, that, that, I mean, that is one read and that is that is one way. Like, it's a coping mechanism. It's all too painful for me. So I'm going to put – and I, I can't bear the thought of someone making fun of me for going to therapy uh, on their terms. So I put it out there before you can and I oh, own it. Yeah. I'm not saying everyone who talks about their struggles is doing that, but that that's kind of – one read on my angle i'm not saying that's what dave Chappelle's doing i'm not saying that yeah, what any yeah, yeah. but that is one way that i see come up with performers like maria bamford you know who that is she talks about having bipolar disorder a lot and she's really okay. high strong and anxious i wonder does she does she perform like that as a way to kind of own the narrative because it's all too painful for her um i, I wonder you know I, I don't know if it's true for her but it, i think it is for me we have an Amer- we have an American English person called Ruby Wax, and she is uh, an American who kind of adopted herself as a British comedian, uh, Ruby Wax, and she went and did a, a master's and a doctorate in psychology because she had 
horrific depression, you know, hospitalized depression for various conditions. And, and she based her stand up on, on her, on her depressive episodes. And, um, and she still struggles, but she started to learn, you know, she started to learn about her depression. She went back to, I think, King's College London, which is a fantastic university and studied a master's in it in neuroscience, um, and owned it that way. But, um, I wonder for you, is it too painful to have these discussions with others? Yes, probably. Like even now talking about it, it's not personal. I'm stepping away from it and I can feel myself doing it as I talk to you about it. I'm even like almost talking about in the third person, even though it is very personal. And it's interesting because I said to you before this podcast that when we spoke on this particular medium in this particular segment of your career, I wanted it to be more real. Um, mm. because we've done the silly, we've done the me talking to random people around the world. Then we did the, the interacting with the insanity of the people in Canada in uh, three or four o'clock in the morning. Well, we can do both. We can do silly, insane, yeah. and also serious. I don't, I don't see why it can't oscillate. Yeah, which is what you said, because you, you, you said quite rightly that the, the essence, the beauty of it is that we can bound from one to the other. And I like the fact that we can start like this and people can get an understanding of who we are and what we do. But also, I love the fact when people just interact with us and you're, you know, I'd love to have a third random person come in on me. It's on the to-do list. I'm percolating. The ideas of of interactivity and including others are percolating. I want to get this show in a good way, steady releases, and, and then that will come. Because it would be nice for us to sort of start like this and then like, I don't know, 20 minutes into it, we can just bring somebody else in and yeah. and have a chat with them and Agreed. find out what's going on. I think that would be amazing. They would just turn up and that person would have, you know, it'll be it'll be interesting, like a kind of guest each week and where we could chat stuff to them. And I, I like that idea. And it, and it's that connection as well, you know. Be, yeah. Sometimes just random. So, and it doesn't have to be like all these famous podcasts where it's a famous person. I like the fact that, like you said, I find people so fascinating. And it might be one of your friends that you want me to talk to. Actually, it might be one of my friends that you want to talk to. I, I mean, I I'm curious like who idea. these friends are that you can't talk about mental health issues with. Uh I want to meet a friend like that. Uh, I might ruin the friendship, though, I, I think is your worry. Yeah, probably. That is probably my worry, actually, that you're so inappropriate because you've been inappropriate <laughs> to my mom before. And I was like, oh, my God. But yeah, you're inappropriate to your own mom, though. That's true. But I'm allowed to. And I want to deport her sometimes. So it's fair enough. And on that note, let's abruptly end the conversation. That's a wrap on the show. Thanks, Tony. 